0: Hi, welcome to Master Your Mind with me, Marissa Peer, teaching you the secrets to harness the powerful potential of your mind so you can have a fulfilled and happy and extraordinary life. Send your questions or your problems you'd love me to solve to podcast at marissapeer.com. Hey everybody and welcome. And I'm delighted today to have a guest on my podcast that I love, that my husband absolutely adores and it is the amazing John Sweeney who created something called Suspended Coffees. And I love his philosophy about being kind, passing on. And of course the premise is when you're buying a coffee, you pay for someone else's coffee, you pass that on. So John, please tell us how Suspended Coffees came about. What gave you the idea? How long did it take you to bring that idea to fruition and how's it doing
1: good okay so uh thanks for having me firstly and i suppose to give you a little bit of an idea of of the backstory it was it was 2013 Um, i was kind of working at the time as as a plumber uh didn't really like it actually was quite miserable doing it and just wanted to do something that had a little bit more meaning had a little bit more purpose um, but didn't have a clue what that would be or, or where it would come from. And one night, it was, it was 30 a.m. in the morning, and I read about this old um, tradition that originated in the working-class cafes of Naples in Italy and uh, suspended coffees. And I read about it, thought it was an amazing concept, thought it was something that absolutely I would love to be a part of. And I did what most people would do at 3.30 a.m. in the morning. I got up out of bed and I made a Facebook page. Um, I made a Facebook page with a goal of, of really getting a few people to like it, maybe getting a cafe or two on board and um, really just just trying to, to find a way to bring people together and to show that a little act of kindness could have a, a pretty big impact. I honestly didn't have a clue what I was doing, but uh, a lot of people came on board and um, decided to, to, I suppose, believe in what it was that I was trying to do. And it grew from there.
0: And what are some of the unexpected outcomes that have come about because of you starting this amazing business?
1: Um, unexpected outcomes. There, there's been so many, you know. Uh, honestly, I would say the impact on on the individual. Like th- there's been so many individual people who have met along the way and, and just they've said like that they've gotten the courage to literally go out into their community and to share an act of kindness with someone be it someone down in their look, perhaps living rough, or perhaps even someone well to do who just needed a little bit of kindness in their day. And um the stories, you know, that people share that like it it just when someone's on the receiving end of an act of kindness, it just it's kind of magical what happens. It really, really, I suppose, just inspires people that there is good in the world and that, you know, there is so much humanity and 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 kindness all around if if you kind of look for it a bit more than what maybe you would often see.
0: Yeah, of course your whole movement is founded on inspiring and offering kindness to others. So I've heard many stories of someone who was having a bad day and just one person was kind to them and that in itself changed the whole trajectory of their life. So can you tell me some of the stories you've heard back from people who didn't expect this kindness but got it?
1: Yeah, so like, I think th- I think there's one kind of story that kind of stands out of um, of a gentleman who got in touch with me once, and basically what he said to me is he wasn't a huge believer in an act of kindness. He didn't really think, you know, that it was something that could change the world or could have an impact. And he just go about his day, and he wouldn't even let somebody out in the traffic lights, let alone kind of buy someone a cup of coffee. But he said that he came home early from work one day, and when he came home early he came home to, to basically find that his partner was, was with someone else, his partner of 10 years, and he was absolutely devastated. He was, he was in shock. He walked out of the house, and he, he basically walked the streets of Sydney for hours on end, not knowing what to do, what to say, and just feeling like his entire life was over. And he went into a cafe shop, and he basically bought, um, bought a coffee, I think it was, I don't think it was a tea. I'm pretty sure he told me it was a coffee. And he went to pay for it and he realized that he'd left his wallet and then everything that he had was at home. And so he was there to the man, look, Oh, I'm really sorry. I have no money. Do you know it's fine? Like, I'm sorry for putting you into trouble. And the guy said, no, 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 it's fine. He said, look, look, this one's on me. He said, don't worry about it. And the guy was there. No, I have to pay you. You can't, I can't take charity. And he said, it's not charity. It's an act of kindness. And he said, look, he said, we all have a little day where we might be down luck, look down or look, or we might have a day where we forget our wallet. He said, look, this is my act of kindness to you. All I'm asking is that you pay it forward to someone else. So the guy ended up sitting down with him for about an hour, telling him about the story of suspended coffees, why he was sharing the cuppa. The guy shared with him then what had happened. And just basically he gave him, which I think is the greatest gift you can ever give anyone is his time. And after that, the, he wished him well and said, you know, look, I hope to see you again someday. And but don't ever worry about paying me back for the cup of coffee. And I think it was about a month later, that the guy had um, a letter posted through his door with a check for, I think it was about $2,000, basically saying for the next, however many people come into the cafe, he said, please make sure that they have an act of kindness and tell them it was from me. And he he wrote him a really lovely note about how the impact of that day is is literally what saved him from from probably doing something that he would have regretted. And that's just like one, I would say, of so many, like Mm. where it really has changed a person's day.
0: Yeah, you know, it reminded me when my little girl was little, she had so many Barbies. There's a time we ought to get rid of these Barbies. She says, No, I need them all. And I said, You know, there's a place in London where they take women and children at risk. And we're going to give them all your Barbies and your books because she has so many books and she reluctantly put them on the box. But she got this lovely letter saying, you know, these people come here in the middle of the night with nothing and having these Barbies for these children, their eyes, little, she went, nothing. I want to give them more now because she went, well, I don't want to give away my stuff to wow, giving away my stuff has changed someone's life. That's gone on the run in the middle of the night with their mum and turned up with not even any clothes. And they've got these toys that I've given them. And so, People forget that when you do something kind, you get as much back as the person you are kind to. So I'd love you to tell me why, why in your opinion, do we need to practice not just kindness, but also self kindness, being kind to yourself?
1: So The self kindness one, I would say is probably one of the most important things that you can do because it, it could be easy to, to go out and to be kind to everyone and be kind of horrible to yourself and not look after yourself mm-hmm. and, Basically, you'll end up um, pouring from an empty cup, I think is, is a Absolutely. good analogy, if if you don't practice the self-kindness. And I think that that was maybe a little mistake that I would have made in one or two occasions whereby I felt I had to go out and I had to give maybe, you know, somebody who was down their look, I had to give them like my last bit of change I had in my pocket, the, the last bit of money I'd earned from my wages. I had to do that because if I didn't do that, I wasn't a kind person. But I think what what I learned was that, you know, for for you to truly be kind, you have to be kind to the person who's the most important person in your life, first and foremost. And that's always going to be you. And if you treat yourself with love, with compassion, with kindness, it's going to radiate out from you onto others. And then obviously you can you can help those who are a little bit down their luck or, or those who seem to be having an amazing life. Just just be kind to them as well. Like there's no reason why you shouldn't be. And I think the impact of that when people see that, you know, kindness starts from within, they, you know, they quickly notice that that's how you can have the biggest effect in your household, in your relationships, in your community and in the, in the wider area that, that you live and work in, and maybe have an impact.
0: So could you give me some tips? Because a lot of people say, well, I don't, what does self-kindness mean? What, how would you define some ways we can practice self-kindness on ourselves?
1: Hmm. So, so you can, I mean, you can go as big or as small as you would like. I, I mean, like self-kindness can start with making sure you're drinking enough water every day, making mm-hmm. sure like John that you get out for a nice walk on the beach, Joe, making sure that like if if you look in the mirror that you smile back and you tell the person who's looking back at you that they're worthy and that they matter and that you know they're cared about and and they're a wonderful human being like little things like that can have a pretty yeah. big impact. And I think, you know, it doesn't have to be anything huge. Now, if you can book an all-inclusive one-month holiday to Barbados, I would say absolutely, that would be a lovely act of kindness for yourself. But it doesn't it doesn't have to be huge gestures. It can be something very small. Going out for, I think this could be one of the biggest things, actually, but maybe going out for a cup of coffee and just taking taking that moment, right, to really just be present and to really be mindful of, you know, the coffee, maybe secondary, but, but mostly that, you know, the time that you're taking for you is important and that you deserve that time. And that, you know, that you're grateful for the life that you have and grateful for the person that you are, even though you've made mistakes and you've done things wrong or you've, you know, regrets, like, so what? Like, I mean, we all have them. It's, it's a basic human, um, human flaw that we make mistakes. And I think if you can just be that little bit grateful for who you were and your personality and everything that you possess, it can be one of the greatest acts of self-kindness that you can actually do to yourself. Um,
0: I agree with you. And I think one of the easiest and most powerful ways to be kind, and often the simple things are the most profound, is when you wake up in the morning and you're used to going, oh, Look at the state of me. Oh, I look terrible. Oh, I haven't got any healthy food. I'm such an idiot. and I'm going to just have to Ooh, eat donuts. Yeah. And oh, I haven't left enough time to get to my meeting. I'm an idiot. I think it's really important to pretend you are your own best friend and think, wow, if I spoke to my flatmate and my roommate, oh, you look terrible. Oh, you haven't left enough. Oh, you've ruined that. Oh, that's awful. Oh, I wouldn't have done anything as bad as that. They would leave you very quickly yeah. if you drove to work with your roommate the passion said well you've you got there too late you're going to mess this up you haven't prepared and you know you're such an idiot you haven't even bought the right glasses they go you know what i think i need to get out of this car because this is abuse and if we can just take a minute and think if i just spoke to myself like i was my own best friend i go hey there you are in the morning you look me look at you you've got lovely shiny eyes you've got a nice heart you're a good person so mirror work just every day when you clean your teeth going hey you're amazing, is enough to change your life. And of course, kind people are by nature benevolent. And so they pass it on anyway. Critical people are not benevolent. Critical people always express out self-criticism. The most criticism they have is always for themselves, but they pass it on to other people. And if you could just do one thing, which is look in the mirror every day and go, you're amazing it would change your life. So, so the first thing about being kind for our audience is in what you say to yourself. We often speak to ourselves and we would never speak to other people because they would be gone. So the first thing is how do you talk to yourself? The second thing is how do you treat yourself? Like you said, drinking water is kind. Eating the right food, putting yourself to bed when you know you got. I had to get up today and be in a meeting at 6 a.m. So, although I could have stayed up till one, I made myself to go to bed at 10 because that's kindness. And when people say to me, Oh, yeah, but I, I'm being kind to myself by eating donuts because I love food, I'm like, But that's not love, that's abuse. Eating donuts and drinking wine because you're super stressed and not having enough sleep. So, waking up and having to express those, that isn't kindness. That's abusing yourself. So what you say to yourself, what you do. But then I think the third way of being kind is how you let other people treat you. You know, people push us as far as we allow ourselves. We push And when someone is very critical, you just have to say to them, you know, critical people are the most critis- critical of themselves, and I'm sorry for you, or, or you have to be able to say, I just don't allow people to talk to you. I speak to everyone like that. Well. No, because I don't allow it. I don't allow people to always turn up late or... So you have to get that sense of self enough that you can say, no. It's like if your friend says, can you babysit my kids? Can you lend me your car? Can you lend me, your, can you lend me money? And you think you have to just say, no, no, I'm really sorry. I, that doesn't, that's not, I'm not available. It doesn't suit me. I'm not free. And I think another way of being really kind to yourself, which is so easy, is to stop saying sorry. Sorry I'm late becomes thank you so much for waiting. Sorry I'm so difficult becomes thanks so much for being such an understanding. And sorry you'll look after me is thanks for caring about when I'm sick. And if we could all just do those little things, we become kinder to us, ourselves, which makes it so easy to be kind to other people. But I'd love to ask you about some of, the examples of self-kindness that you have practiced. Now, i want to hear more about your story so tell me how you've been kind to you
1: so yeah so um i get just even back up about what you were saying about about looking in the mirror like i would have struggled quite a lot to look in the mirror and tell myself you know do complimentary things so uh, i decided to use a little bit of humor so every morning i wake up i look in the mirror and i tell myself i have amazing eyebrows And it brings a little Mm -hmm. smile to my face. And then when I look in the mirror and I see a smiling face smiling back at me, it instantly makes me a little bit better. So even little things like that can have, you know, can definitely have an impact. I think I would say for, for me, like it, it was probably surrounding myself with the right people, people who believed in me, people who lifted me up, people who didn't take from, from me when Joe, I needed to conserve what it was that I had and, I think I quickly learned that the way you talk to people can have a pretty profound impact. And so for me growing up, I would have um, had quite a challenging time in school. I was always, I was beat by my teachers. I was bullied by other kids. I was told I was tick, stupid. I'd never amount to anything. And I always, like, I always wished that somebody would hold a hand out to me and say, John, you are amazing. John, you know, you can achieve anything you want. And I didn't have that person. So I said, when I got older, what I was going to do is I was absolutely going to make sure that I was going to have an impact on, on someone's life. And I think when I started to spend the coffees, that was kind of the hidden goal. But when I used to meet people, I'd always make sure um, that I'd have a really meaningful conversation with them. So when you meet someone, you say, hey, how are you? And they say, oh, good. And, and, and everybody walks away and leaves it at that. I dig a little deeper and I say, really, are you, are you actually really good? What is it that makes you so good? And people are a little bit taken back by it and quickly you start to scratch this beneath the surface and realize that there's a lot more to it, that maybe that person isn't as good as what they're saying or, or maybe they're doing something that is making them feel great. So I think there's one, one kind of story that pops up, I think, um, where, uh, you know, I, I kind of went out of my way to, to make sure I spoke to young people in a very just authentic way. And I met this young man once who, um, I think he was maybe maybe about 16 years of age. And he was he was in our local town, actually, and I knew he should have been in school at the time. So I said to him, you know, how come you're not in school? And he was there. Oh, I'm I'm dossing from school. I, I skip school because, you know, teachers suck. Uh, everyone sucks. I don't want to be in there. Um, and I just thought I'd come down here and, and just mess around and whatever. And I was there. Oh, do you know, OK. Like I said, do you not think you'd be better off getting an education? He was there. It's fine. I don't need an education. He said, I know what it is that I'm going to do. I was there. Oh, that's brilliant. You know what it is you want to do. You're a young man, 16 years of age. That's great. I said, what is it that you want to do? And he said to me, um, "Very." I suppose it took me by surprise. He said, I want to shoot people. And I said to him, what do you mean you want to shoot people? And He said, yeah, I want to get a gun. I want to shoot people. I said, that's, that's not something, you know, that sounds like it would have a great impact in your life. That kind of sounds like it's bad. And, and maybe it might not be the best life choice that you could make at 16. He was there, well, do you know, like, I don't mean I want to shoot people. I want to, I want to be in the army, you know, I want to protect my country. And I was there, oh, okay. I said, you know, what is it about being in the army, you know, that attracts you to it? And he was there, oh, I get to use a gun. I said, okay, what is it besides using a gun that makes you want to be in the army? And he said, um, Basically, like you've all of these people all over the world who are terrorists, murderers, rapists, all of these people. I want to stop them doing that. I want to stop them hurting all of these people throughout the world. And I said, hmm, OK, that, that makes sense. I said, so you want to be a hero? And he was there, what? He said, I don't want to be a hero. And I said, you're telling me you want to save people. You want to protect people. You want to make sure that those who are most in need have somebody somewhere who's looking out for them, trying to protect them. I said, you absolutely want to be a hero. You just don't like the language. And he was there, actually, like, I want to do all that, but I'm not comfortable with the term hero. And I said, okay, you want to be somebody who sticks up and looks out for other people. I said, but you don't want to shoot someone. I said, the last thing you want to do is shoot someone. I said, what you want to do is save someone. And I said, if you go through life telling yourself that you want to shoot someone, I said, it's not going to end very well. If you go through life saying that you want to save someone, and you want to be there to protect them, I said, you know, your life can bring you absolutely anywhere. Now, I've, I've kept a close eye on this young man the last couple of years. And like, without, I couldn't name him because he'd be hugely embarrassed about the fact that he told someone he wanted to shoot people. But he he's just had such an impact, like in his own community and the work that he's done, that he's literally helped like hundreds of people. And he's gone on, you know. anytime I see him, he's always like, he pretends to have a toy gun and shoot at me. Like the running joke is that like, I saved him by telling him he didn't want to shoot people. But like, I didn't actually do anything. And I think you would be an expert on this, Marissa. Like, I just reflected back what was there, like the beauty that was within him. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, if more of us could take that little bit of um, time to think about, you know, what change would you like to make in the world? What impact what little act of kindness could you share with someone i think it could it really could have a profound impact and for me i wanted to show someone who was a little bit younger who maybe didn't have someone there that they did have potential and that you know who they were as a person as a human being truly mattered and that was just one i've had a lot of those conversations uh marissa to be honest but that that was one of the the main ones that i remember
0: that's such a beautiful story. And it really shows what a beautiful person you are because you really connected with someone. And, you know, I teach all the people that I'm training to be therapists. Listen, there's so many what I call lost kids mm-hmm. and they need one yeah. person. To believe them. I was very lucky that in my childhood, I had my grandmother. She was the only person who believed in me, but you only need one person. Mm-hmm. But sometimes it's a stranger. It's a therapist. It's a teacher. It's someone, as you say, in the street that says, Hey, let me help you out here. One of my great friends was in the Boomtown Rats, an amazing guy. You probably know him. And he would always stop homeless kids in the street and say, let me give you some money. But he'd often buy them food or buy them a torch or buy them gloves rather than give them cash. But he'd spend ages like crap and actually talking to them, you know, where do you live? Would you like me to get you a train ticket home? Can I ring your parents? And I was in his car many a time and he'd stop whenever he found a homeless kid or and say let me pay for a hotel room for the night he didn't want to give them money because he thought they would just put it in their arm or drink it but yeah he, he impacted many people because he asked a different question not what's wrong with you but what happened to you yeah. what do yeah. you need how can i help you and you have that same ability as him to ask a different question, what do you want? Because what we all want is the same, especially in our lives as we become, as we go from a teenager at school to someone who's becoming a man or indeed a woman, we want to feel significant, we want to feel connected, we want to, Live a life that has purpose and meaning. We want to make a difference. You want to contribute. We want to grow. Amazingly, being a plumber, funnily enough, meets all those needs because plumbers and hairdressers are so in need because they they are very significant to their customers because they sort out a terrible time.
1: I was I They're was a connected. really bad one though, Marissa. I ended up causing more leaks than than I ever did. Oh, fixed, did you? I think, to be honest, okay. I just- <laughs> oh, wonder.
0: Well, no, then you're not quite there. But you know, people are very happy <laughs> yeah, to see so. the plumber. And I know again. Going to someone's home, you're often for some old person, you're sometimes the only point of contact in the whole day. But what you did with that boy, which was very clever, was you you actually brought out his need for connection, significance, diversity, certainty, purpose, meaning, growing, contributing, and making a difference. Because when you're protecting people, it's like you could say a police officer. Our doctor also does that. As as a therapist, I tell all my therapists, you know, this is an amazing career because we meet every need we have. And in getting him to see that he was saving people, not killing people, you actually turned that around and made him see that he was doing something worthy. And that's a wonderful thing that you did. You probably didn't even realize quite how wonderful it was. But, you know, if we can be that one person in a lost child's life, then we also have meaning and purpose because if someone on the planet is sleeping better because of you, now your life has entire meaning and entire purpose. I mean, in the Quran and in the Torah, it says, changing one person's life is the same as changing everyone's life and saving one person's life is the same as saving the life of the whole world. So it's amazing that you've done that. Can I, I'd love another story like that because they're so incredible.
1: Oh goodness. Um I, I suppose another one that kind of comes to comes to mind. I think what you're speaking about there, a relevant story actually is the Starfish story, which I'm sure a lot of people would be aware of. And if they're not, you you could Google it quite quickly. But I think something that pops up to me there is um a couple of years ago, I wasn't long after starting suspended coffees and I suppose for me, it was never just about somebody who was living on the streets. Do you know, it, it was about everyone you know, the wealthiest could could need the biggest act of kindness. But it, it definitely brought me a little bit, um, I suppose, closer to seeing, you know, those who, who maybe most people wouldn't see the people who live on the streets and, and who are experiencing homelessness. And one Christmas I actually met, um, I saw this lady who looked, she looked quite ill sitting on the side of the street in, in my local city in Cork. And I went over to her and I said, look, is it okay if I sit down with you and talk to you? And she kind of looked at me a little bit shocked and said, like, okay, thinking I wanted, you know, I I wanted something or that, you know, I was going to be maybe a bit sleazy or whatever. And um, I said to her, look, you know, I said, I'd love to sit with you here for a while. I don't want to judge you. I just want to be here with you. If I can get you something to eat, I'd absolutely love to get you something to eat. Do you know, let's have a chat. And she was there, look, I am actually really hungry. Would you mind getting me something to eat? So I said, yeah, I'll go, I'll I'll go get you something to eat. And I got her um, a bit of a meal and brought it back down or brought it back to her and sat back down with her. And as she was walking past, or as I was sitting down, there was people walking past and she started to eat her meal and i noticed like a lot of people almost walked over her and you know they were just rushing past and and no one even looked at her and i said you know does it does it seem like sometimes you're a little bit invisible and um and she said sometimes she said all the time she said nobody ever sees me she said and if they do i'm just a piece of dirt on their shoe and she started to cry and and was quite upset about it and and i said look are you okay and she said well she said i'm quite upset she said my kids um have been taken off me I'm living in the street and I just feel like there's no hope for me. And I said to her, look, I actually don't know what tomorrow is going to bring for you. I said, I don't know what's going to happen with your kids. If there's some little thing that I can do to help you, I said, I absolutely will. I said, but there is one thing I do know. I said, you're in front of me. I said, you're a beautiful human being. And I said, I absolutely do see you. And she looked at me and just like cried her eyes out and said, look, is it okay if I have a hug and and I gave her a hug? Because. I'm a big hugger, even though I know it's been difficult in recent times, but but I am a big hugger. And I said, look, I absolutely see you, and you're a person of amazing value. And I said, you know, things can and will get better if you really want. And um I went home then and shared that story, you know, with my family. And my kids were were quite upset. They were young at the time because you know they were upset that a woman was living in the side the street and lost her kids. And and my son actually told his best friend at the time who I think it was two or three days later, was actually walking through the same spot and saw what we fully believe, we're not 100% certain, but was the same lady described her the exact same way and everything and said to his ma'am, can we please approach her? That's the lady John met. So went up and they approached her and said, look, you know, can we get you something to eat? And the lady said, you know, yeah, absolutely, I'd love that. And he asked, had she kids? And at the time she told me three of her kids had been taken off. They were age six, four and two. And um, I don't remember the names now, but she told me the names and I told him and he asked her the names and she told him the same names. So he said, look, can we go get you some food and, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. So he said to his mom, let's let's go grab the food. And as they went for the food, he had like 100 euros saved up that he'd been saving in the lead up to Christmas. And he said to his mother that he wanted to buy Christmas presents for that lady's children. Because you know they were experiencing homelessness, Santi probably wasn't going to be able to find them, and his mother was like, "Oh, you can't do that. now. that's a lot of money." And he was there, "No, this is a hundred percent what I want to do." So he went and he bought age-appropriate toys for all of them, and they went back to 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 the young lady and they gave her the gifts and said, "Look, this these are for your children. I'd really like if you gave them to her because you know, or give them to your kids because obviously you know Santi's going to have trouble trying to find them, and you know I really want to do this and." like his, his mum Mamela said to me like that the lady just bawls uncontrollably for like five minutes and just kissed her hand saying how grateful she was and and yeah. just just how being seen in that moment had a huge um, impact in her now we since found out that the lady's actually done quite well and she got off the streets and everything and it went on to inspire a huge um a huge I suppose train of events that happened in in my local community where people went out and they brought food to people living in the street. They brought clothes and and it just created such an awareness around them and It was just by me just doing one little act of kindness again where I told a young lady I saw her and my son who who I didn't think would would share the story, telling someone else and it went on and had a huge ripple effect throughout the the local community in, in where we lived and I just I think you can put a price on something like that you can't underestimate no. the fact it can understand and,
0: and yeah. how wonderful it is that when one person does something good it encourages someone else mm-hmm. and someone mm-hmm. else and someone else and you are absolutely an example of someone who's followed their heart and followed what mattered the most and I think we should all be doing that I'm sure you do too but Maybe you could give us some examples of what we should be doing. I'll give you an example. I live in Venice Beach and there's lots of homeless people. And I particularly, I only give money to the older people because I think, you know, this is so sad. The younger ones, I think, well, maybe you could get yourself together. But I was going into a store and there's an old man sitting there. And I said, can I get this? I'd love a hot coffee, a hot coffee with milk. And I went to the and they are all shut and actually, I lived so near, I actually drove home and made him a flask of coffee and took it back. He uh-huh. was so now I think, well, I always can just carry a flask of coffee in my like, car oh, that 's nothing to me. It costs nothing to make coffee. I can also take a paper cup i don 't have to give them the flask yeah. but when you have, and he was so thrilled that I went home and made him this coffee because I knew how much he wanted a coffee. it was cold, it was dark, and we all know that hot drinks are very reassuring. I always think if you think of one thing you can do, you know, carry change in your car. Maybe carry bananas or nuts or something that you can give to someone else. It's that little tiny thing. But if you do it and tell people, it, they may do it too. And and I love them. That I believe everyone should be doing that. Um, do you believe that too? That we should all be doing something. Uh,
1: I think I think it would have an impact which which yeah. I mean we all we all live in this world like and we all want a better world to live in so like you mightn't get along with everyone you might dislike some people but you never know you know when you need somebody in your life to be there to show you an act of kindness and I think if you can do that one little thing you know like you say it can be a cup of tea a cup of coffee it can it can be I tend not to give money but you know like it it can be just anything a smile having a conversation with someone yeah you cannot underestimate the impact of that because if, if people see hatred in the world, that's all they're going to think is in the world. Whereas if they start to see kindness and they start to see people care, you know, then it'll just change the mindset and it'll, it'll open that door to, to creating a better, a better place for everyone to live in, you know? Um, And also, it makes you feel good. I remember
0: I was a single parent, my daughter was about, I don't know, four. And I had been in a lot of debt because I was a single parent. I mean, I I had a lovely house, but it was a real struggle. mm. And one particular Christmas, I couldn't afford to go anywhere. But I joined this company that would go and feed homeless people all year round, and I took my daughter. And, you know, we had the best time giving people food and sandwiches and, again, gloves and scarves and hats. I've been walking into my house after thinking, wow, I just feel like a billionaire. I've got heating. I've got a bed. I've got food in the fridge. And going to help someone who had less, when you do that, you don't think, "Mm, I can't afford... um, to buy really expensive groceries. And you think, wow, I feel so wealthy. It's probably one of the nicest Christmases my daughter and I ever had, because she also learned how important it was to give. And it was very sweet, because she was giving an apple to this guy who had no teeth, and he was explaining to her he didn't have any teeth. And actually, he went and bought her a bar of chocolate, which was so sweet, and gave it to her, because he found her so endearing. But she also learned something, you know, be very look after your teeth, because you can never eat anything crunchy. And When you give to someone they actually give back to you he yeah. bought her a bar of chocolate with his own money but it also they give back to you in so many other ways she's always remembered that we often talk about that and we found a little I got a little drawing of that but she always remembers feeding those homeless people and how good it made her feel but it also makes you realize you have so much so i believe that we should all do it, and I love the fact that when a few people do it, other people say, "Oh yes, you know, I could do that too." I have many clients room me and say, "Oh, i dread dreading Christmas. Mm. I don't have anyone." I say, "Well, why don't you volunteer?" My hairdresser cuts homeless people's hair at Christmas. It's her favorite time of the year because they all come in, and she washes their hair and massages their head, and she spends all of Christmas Day. And the next day on New Year's Eve, giving. And she said, it's just such a wonderful thing because you feel so full when you give. You don't feel full when you take, but when you give, you can actually feel amazing. Where did you find the confidence to launch this movement?
1: Uh, Confidence, maybe. Maybe wasn't quite the, quite the word. Or the passion or the whatever. Yeah. What did you yeah.
0: find or whatever you had to find in you to launch yeah. this really amazing, inspiring yeah.
1: movement? You, you know what, Marissa? It, it was something deep down within me that I still to this day can't explain. It was just, mm-hmm. I just knew I had to do it and I knew yeah. it would have an impact. And I think, do you know, I mean, sometimes that's all I had because literally for a long time while I was doing this, I was, I was almost like, I had nothing. I literally, had nothing. I lost my job. I like, I literally had nothing. So doing something like this was like I had to put food on the table for my family, but I also tried to have an impact where where this was kind of getting off the ground and more people were getting involved. So that's when I talk about the self kindness about you know learning the hard way. That's that's where I kind of suppose I struggled with a lot of it, but I think you know it just felt like I was this was one of the main reasons why i was putting this art and i had to i had to make sure that it impacted as many people as as i could by what i was doing promoting it and and trying to inspire others to to move with the concept you know
0: and that makes you even more amazing because i don't mean to sound just when i say when you've got a lot of money it's easy to give but when you have nothing and you're still giving when you haven't got enough for yourself but you're still Mm. giving That actually does make you even more an amazing person that you don't come from other people that showed you how to do this that just came from in you and you had nothing yourself but you were still giving it's just you're such a gift to humanity when you said it was something deep in me well it it is humanity you obviously have that incredible humanity and you're such an inspiration so tell me what that's given back to you because We can all see what you've given to other people and and you're showing people that even if you don't have anything to give in terms of money, giving someone your time, crouching onto their eye level and talking to them, saying, how are you? I know homeless people say that's the worst thing. People step over them, look over them, ignore them but actually taking the time to speak to them, to ask them how they are, how their day is doing, to ask how you can help them is, is really an amazing thing. But what's it given back to you? Because I'm hearing what you've given, which is amazing, but I also want to hear what it's given to you, being such a giver.
1: Um, good question. Uh, it, it's, it's given me so much like it, it really has given me so much. I guess I kind of go back to what I, what I mentioned earlier. Like when I was younger, I was like I was completely ostracized from my community. Like I was, you know, like I said, teachers were beating me if I got things wrong. Other kids were bullying me to the point that almost killed me once. So I grew up feeling like so alone and feeling, you know, like life had no meaning, that I had no worth or no value. And I guess now, as as I've got older. Especially since suspended coffees, I kind of got the opportunity to go out and to to, you know, to do public speaking for the want of a better description. I got the opportunity to travel the world. Like Facebook did a bit of a documentary on me, um, and I suppose whenever I've spoken at events, like the feedback I get after is that so many people have been inspired by what I've said and that what I've done. And I hear all the stories back about the impact my talk has had, not alone in their lives, mm-hmm. but on the lives of those around them. And in a really, I suppose, roundabout way, that's what fulfills me. And that's what brings me, you know, so much meaning and so much belief that everything that I've done has been the right thing, even though it's, it's been a struggle and I would say it's still a struggle. Absolutely. At times. Um, but that is, having that impact, that's what I wanted. And that's what I craved and wished and hoped for all, all my childhood. Like, And so if I could offer that one little bit of hope to someone else, like that just, it, it means everything to me. And I always kind of say, like, I've ended up traveling to events and speaking across some like celebrities, really high profile people. Do you know, A friend of mine is a billionaire who I've had coffee with, you know, and I should never have met these people really. Um, but I did because I believed in, in, in something that was so lacking and so missing for me growing up. And I always kind of, you know, challenge people to say, look, you, you should choose three people who you think, um, you could have an impact on to have a cup of coffee with and see, you know, it can be somebody really out there. I mean, one of my people that I chose is Ellen DeGeneres, but I don't think that's going to happen. But, you know, I chose a couple of people that I knew I would definitely meet. And for me, it was about meeting with them, sitting with them giving them my time and them giving me my time. And I think that, I keep saying it, that's the greatest gift you can give anyone. You don't have to spend money to be kind to someone, just literally giving them the time. So for me to be able to have an impact on others and to hear that, you know, like some people have told me I've literally saved their life from from just sharing my story. I'm like, that's that's why I was putting this art. That, that's, do you know what I mean? That's my purpose, absolutely. Like, yeah.
0: And you know, it's like that great um, poem that says, people will not remember what you did. They may not remember what you said, but they will remember how you made them Mm -hmm. feel. And you Mm -hmm. make people feel that they matter. And you know, so many suicidal people will say, I don't feel that I matter. I don't have anyone. Someone has made me wrong and the, the need to matter, to make everyone feel they matter is so important. And again, going down to their level, crouching down and even taking someone's hand and saying, Are You okay? Mm. is so important. And we've kind of forgotten how important that is. We forgot, you know, one of my, my mother's friends, her son had an epileptic fit and died in the street because everyone thought he was just a junkie and he wasn't. He was a really normal, lovely boy who had never let and People just walked past him or walked around him. But then if you remember that, you think, wow, if I see someone lying in the street, yeah. I should go up and go, are you okay? What do you need? They may just need some instant They may need a little bit of orange juice because they're having a diabetic shock. But I think when we hear these stories about people being abandoned or ignored or stepped over or walked around, we really realize that, it costs us nothing to say, are you okay? Mm-hmm. And it's a little thing that we give, but it means so much that someone cares.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Can, can, can I ask you a question, Marissa? Would yes, that be you can okay? Ask me um, if I was to ask you to really think about the most impactful or one of the most impactful acts of kindness that, that has happened to you, is, is there something that really springs to mind?
0: Oh, something that I've done or something that I've received. No,
1: something that you've received.
0: Do you know, I receive kindness every day. People write to me and say, gosh, your therapy changed my life, or I had a suicidal kid who's listened to you talking, and now they're okay. In the last month, I've taught RTT in Miami, in Spain, in Berlin, and in London, and now in L.A., and people think I give, but you know, I get so much back. My audience will come and say, oh, this is amazing. Thank you so much. So the most impactful thing that ever has, which happens a lot, is people stop me in the street and go, your, your book changed my life. Your I Am Enough movement changed my life or changed my kids' life. So I'm sure you must be so bored with hearing this. I'm like, no, how could I ever be bored with hearing that? So the most impactful thing that's happened to me is people being kind to me. You know, I had cancer some years ago and it was a really an amazing thing because all my friends or one of them runs a whole TV network canceled their whole day and turned up to be with me. So I think it's often in our most challenging moments that we really realize what kind of friends we have, that they're there. The same thing when I was in LA the first time I got mugged in the street and it wasn't very nice, but you know, people were so nice to me. People would really say, what can I do? Amazing, I didn't even know David Geffen and David Geffen rang me and said, what can I do? What can I give you? And it was like, wow, David Geffen would contact me because I was working for Jane Fonda at the time and say, gosh, I hear a marked in my city. I'm so so. what can I do? And he did, I didn't need anything. I had everything I needed, but it's people just saying, Not, oh, sorry to hear that. It's like when someone dies or or you get sick and people say, sorry, it's actually, what can you do? And I've had lots of people I know with cancer, don't take them a big cake, take them a chicken casserole, take them some green juice, Um, do some batch cooking for them, or say, can I take your kids off your hands for the day? You know, one of my friends got cancer and she said to me, don't give me any advice. I'm up to here with advice. I've got to do this, not do that. But there's a great book I love called Your Life in Your Hands by Jane Plant. And I saw, I had the book and I and I highlighted all the bits that she should read. And I said, look, this is the book. I know when you're sick, you're in such terror. It's hard to read. I just highlighted the bits that you need to read. And she said that was so useful for her because I read it for her. Oh, wow. I had the she needed to read and said, this, and I took the time and she said, you know, she actually wrote a book on cancer and said, to everyone, hi, read a book for someone and highlight the bits. And another thing is when you're sick, everyone rings, how are you? My One of my friends told me that her father killed himself. And people would ring every day, hey, oh my God, I just heard the news what happened. She's like, I just, I can't keep answering the phone. So she got one person say, listen, I'll answer the phone. And I'll be the person and everyone can ring up me and go, how is Muriel? Well, Muriel's yeah. having a bad time, but a little better today. But we're not calling Muriel. I'm Muriel's telephone message receiver because we forget that when someone is in grief or shock or illness, you have to know what to do that's helpful. Turning up and crying, going, I can't bear it. It doesn't help. You end up propping them up. I will ring you. My, somebody rang me and said, oh, my friend had your cancer. They were dead in three months, you know. It's very aggressive. I'm like, is that supposed to help me? Yeah. Really? I mean, how is that helpful? Oh, well, I know people that had that. They, they didn't even last a year. You have to realize what can you do that's helpful? What can you do that's useful? And when we know, oh, you know what? Making a soup and taking that over is really beneficial. I can do that. And then we all feel good because we're helping. The amount of people who say, you know, my partner died, and people would cross the road because they didn't know what to say. But you don't have to say anything except, I'm here. Yeah. Take a hand and say, if you know, I'm here if you need anything. So I think we often forget that the most impactful acts of kindness are very small. Can I bring you something? Can I sit with you? Can I buy a book for you? Can I can I take can I rent a movie for you? Can I, years ago, video all this stuff that will help you? It's amazing what you can do, but we forget and we think it's all about giving people money, which is very, very useful. But there's so many things you can do that really don't cost you very much at all. Again, taking someone's kids off their hands when their partner is sick or they're sick or they're stressed. People say, wow, I, I was in, um, where was I, somewhere, Think in Croatia, and I am I, always feeding stray cats. They seem to find me, and I find them because that's what I, wherever I'm in the world. If I'm in a hotel, I take I don't eat breakfast, but I take all the stuff. I put it in my bag, and I'm always finding stray dogs and giving them a bacon roll, or stray cats giving them some fish. And someone said, oh, God, outside your apartment, there's so many cats that I know, because they know me, I'm such a sucker. But I took (laughs) her three little boys and said, let's go and feed the cats. And when I came back, she said, wow, that's the first time in five years I've had a coffee by myself. And I didn't do that, I did it for me, because I thought these little boys would love to see what fun it is to feed all these little kittens. But in fact, she said, that was amazing that no one in five years had said Her kids are kind of wild, I have to say, but they were fun. Can I take your kids off your hands? Can I give you an hour? That's all she needed. So I always go back to what we can do. And in fact, I I fund an orphanage in Zimbabwe and I went out there to meet these children. And actually I bought bags of oranges and took them and they were like just, they just don't even have oranges there. And you might go, well, that's very nice because you were giving. But I got so much back. I mean, these kids have nothing, but they're so happy. I spent my whole time there crying my eyes out because they have nothing. And yet they're so happy. They're so giving. And um, it was really interesting for me to see how little they have. But they have each other. They actually seem very happy. they are always got someone to play with. And I really wanted to adopt one of them. And they said, no, we we don't allow that. I thought, but you know what? I'd be taking that little boy away from all his friends to a life in London in the rain and the dark. And he's always run around barefoot. And maybe that wouldn't even be a good thing for him. And the best thing I can do is pay for him to go to school, um, which I do. And I thought, actually, I wonder if adopting him wouldn't even be the right thing. Maybe it wouldn't, but you can still help in so many ways
1: yeah absolutely i think you know it's not always a huge or a grand gesture it's like you say it's giving someone that little bit of time making the chicken soup like all of these things are are literally how you do even playing like you know, playing with a kid i would often see kids you know who maybe one of the parents is gone and and whatever and i'll always go out of my way to make sure they're included you know that they join in and you know even little things like that are are probably worth more than than what any kind of um, grand, big, huge gesture would, would mean to them.
0: Yeah, and so often, I remember seeing someone in a store once, and it was just when Chris and her little kid was crying because he really wanted this Lego. And I was thinking, should I give her the money for the Lego? Maybe she won't buy it. And I thought, well, I could just buy the Lego, and I could also keep the receipt so she can't take it back. So in the end, I bought the Lego and said, you have to be very careful. And said, listen, I hope you don't remember. I was a single mum with nothing. I know what it's like. Would yeah. you allow me to give your kid the Lego? And she said, yes, because some people don't like that. Some people, you know, I, I was in Ikea once and this guy went to pay the bill, didn't have the money. And, and I had to say to him very diplomatically, would you allow me to pay? And he said, I don't need your money. I said, no, I know that. But I've also been in that position would you just let me pay for your little girl's lunch? And eventually he said, yes. But some people are almost scared to offer in case people think, oh, who are you, lady bountiful, showing off and flashing your cash. So I think some of us would like to do it, but we're actually scared that people might think, and I remember years ago, of course, I went to pay for something and I didn't have any money. And the guy next to me said, are you just buying milk? I said, yes. And he said, let me pay my milk. I said, mommy, he thinks we're poor. And I mm-hmm. said, I know, isn't it so funny? Cause I had a really expensive watch. And I said, well, that's okay, darling. Cause it made him happy yeah. to think we're okay. oh, poor. And I also pay for people's groceries. So it's quite nice that he was just milk, but he obviously was embarrassed for me that I went to pay and I'd left my wallet behind. But I do think it's the fear. If I crouch down and say, how are you? They might go bugger off, mm-hmm. but you have to overcome the fear. And you have to just practice doing it. And the more you do it, the easier it is. The easier it is, the more you do it because being genuinely kind and compassionate and caring about someone else, even if they say to you, get lost, it doesn't mean the next person will.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: So when have you most needed to master your mindset? I mean, you sound like just the most amazing person but in your own life what helped you and who helped you master your mindset um
1: so i would say suspended coffees was probably a big part of, of so much of of what i had done a couple of years ago i would have hit a really kind of low point and would have really struggled and felt you know absolutely at rock bottom and i think as a result of of the acts of kindness that that I did and, and, and the work that I did, an awful lot of people who um who were in my corner without me knowing came out from behind the corner and and supported me and were there for me when I was absolutely at my darkest hour. So I think for, for me it's 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 knowing that, you know, there's people there who really do care. You might not see them every day. They might not be waving at you, but but they are there you know, shows me that, that I have something special, that I am someone special and that I should always believe in, in who I am as a, a person and, and what it is that I'm, I'm trying to do. Um, and, and I would say, look, you know, definitely there's life, there's, there's always ups and downs and highs and lows, but I think just getting up every day and just just trying to be a better person and, and trying to leave, leave my mark in, in a good way um is is what kind of inspires me and what really i suppose gives me that inner belief in in what it is that i'm doing you know just just to keep at keep at it definitely
0: yeah, and you know, um, is it Marcus Rashid? Is that his name? That seventeen-year-old footballer who's
1: oh, uh, creating
0: food for children uh, who don't get enough to eat. Is this what's his name?
1: Marcus Rashford. Uh, oh, he, he, I was he, close. Marcus, you Rashford. were very close. He, he's uh, I love that.
0: seventeen, and look what he's done. But he's done it because he said, "I used to go to bed hungry." And people think, "Well, that's ridiculous in this day and age." The government are giving you enough money, but. That's not true. And there are people still going to bed hungry. And it's so lovely that someone of 17 could draw attention to that. So you're never too young. You're never too old. I love the expression, if you think you're too small to make a difference, you've never been in bed with a mosquito, which is true, because you can be a little tiny somebody, but they can do something so meaningful. And so kindness... You know, Roald Dahl said, which I love in one of his books, when you're a kind person, your face lights up and you're beautiful. You could have lines and wrinkles. When you're kind, when you're mean, you're ugly. No matter how young you are, you're ugly when you're mean and beautiful when you're kind. And I thought that was a really lovely thing for him to say.
1: I think I think that is it. And like even now, actually, we're, we're living in a world now that has... you know where everyone is going around wearing masks almost and and people don't know what way people are but I literally go out of my way to make sure I smile so much behind the mask that the person can see by my eyes that like I'm just like smiling do you know um yeah and I think that it actually it changes people's days like I remember one guy in a shop getting really cross at me because I went the wrong way in a queue and I just I just smiled at like the biggest smile I could give him and I said I'm sorry and he his whole demeanor just changed like it was it was he was about to attack me I would say but I, I just smiled and I said look I'm sorry and I just gave the biggest smile that I could give him and it just you know it just totally changed the d- dynamic of the situation Do you know, I, th- I think it really can like and people underestimate it maybe eight times
0: yeah I was in a hospital and Um, I'd just been told I'd lost my baby and I was sitting outside waiting and I was on the phone and this guy went get off your phone you're in a hospital you selfish something and I said I'm so sorry I've just lost my baby I'm not thinking and he went oh I'm really sorry I didn't know that I said no I know that's why you shouldn't shout at people in hospitals because you have no idea what they've just heard and I was ringing my partner to tell him I just lost our baby and I wasn't thinking I didn't see the sign that said don't use your mobile phone yeah and so we really sometimes when I said to him very nicely I'm so sorry I just lost my baby what I was really saying is think before you shout at someone in yeah. a hospital because yeah. you have no idea what they're going through so again yeah. but I wasn't mean to him. I didn't say to him "Had." Dare you, do you know what I've gone through? I was very nice about saying, I'm so sorry, I wasn't thinking, I didn't notice the sign. My eyes are full of tears, I just lost my baby. Mm -hmm. But that made him realize, because I did it in a subtle way, you know, it's not important to be right, it's important to be kind. We're so busy doing the right thing. That's when you haven't got your mask on, you're not supposed to touch someone, you're standing Mm -hmm. too close. My dad used to say, it's not important to be right, but it's very important to be kind. He supposed to say something else which I love because he was a head teacher. So I want you to imagine every child in the world has something written on their head, please make me feel I matter. And oh, wow. he lived by that matter, he was immensely kind. And I loved that, that he always made everyone feel significant and, and that was a lovely thing.
1: It's lovely. He obviously taught you a lot about kindness. He taught that. me
0: everything about kindness, because that was his whole life was about, he used to always say, life is about doing something, he would pick up hitchhikers when we were driving somewhere, I then mean, being a fun fair with him, and this boy was being beaten up, and he charged in there and rescued him. At his school, mm-hmm. he was mm-hmm. always finding abandoned bikes and creating a new bike for some kid that didn't have a bike, and he was very kind, and at his funeral, I talked about how immensely kind he was. Because in giving so much, he got so much back. People would pop him in the street and go, oh, you're the only one who could sort out my kid. Because my dad also never said to a difficult kid, what's wrong? He'd say, what happened? What happened to you to make you act out? What's going on in your life that's making you so aggressive? And he never judged them. He just listened. And yeah, he taught me a lot. But who taught you?
1: Uh, I, I would say similar enough to you in in some way. I think my grandmother her, her motto was always um, it was always it's nice to be important, but it's more important to be nice. Yeah,
0: and I love think that.
1: It, let, as as I grew up, I, you know, as I mentioned, like I grew up so alone, but she was always there for me. She was always a friend. I wouldn't even have to tell her what happened; she'd just smile at me and let me know that she loved me. And I think that had such an impact on me as as a kid. I think that and, and you know, maybe the experiences I had, but but just she she really like I think from a very young age she just taught me like that you know kindness is something that doesn't always have to be spoken um but is almost always seen and almost certainly felt and I think that was that was an, an, a great life lesson that I would have had off of her. Unfortunately she she died when I was when I was younger but her she used to always say it with a smile it's nice to be important but it's more important to yeah. be nice.
0: And, you know, when I met my husband, one of the things that made me marry him was that he was immensely kind. In fact, we well, our children went to the same school, so I already oh, knew uh. him, but yeah. much later, 10 years after they left school, we met again. And I married him within 10 months. One of the reasons I married him is he took me to Morocco and I'd found this tiny little cat under a car and I'm like, I have gotta go back and feed you. He said, don't be ridiculous. Yeah. And I said, no, 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 it's tiny, it will die. So the next day he went out and bought some tuna fish in the ring pool cans, thinking ahead. And, he got, and then we went back and I couldn't find this cat, but he got on his hands and knees and was looking under every car. He's doing it for me until we found this little cat and we fed it all the tuna fish and left it more food. Mm. I thought, wow, that's kind because he doesn't really care about cats, but he sees yeah. how I care. And that, I think a... in relationships we've we've really overlooked what kindness is. It's easy to find someone with a six pack or a great body or lots of like, I want a really rich person, but not all rich people are kind, some are. But kindness, and you know, for my husband, um, when I was sick, he was immensely kind. And then last year, we just moved to a new house in LA. We just rescued seven kittens that were being euthanized because of COVID, because they had no one in the shelters to feed them. And I said, I'll take them. And again, they, those kittens gave me more than I ever gave them. They gave me such a source of delight apart from ripping up my sofas, they elated me. But my kitten, When the first time I let it outside, it was eight months by then. These two dogs got her and tried to rip her in half. And my husband, amazingly, got behind this dog, put his hand in its mouth, got this cat out. Then the cat went under a house and he crawled under this house in the pitch black, got it out, took it to the vet, spent $4,000 on its um, surgery and said, it's okay, babe, because you love her. And I thought, wow. You know, we forget that when the chips are down really want someone who is kind. So we always look at how much hair have they got, how much money have they got, but ask yourself, is this person kind? Will they be there when I'm having a bad day? Because kindness is so underrated, and yet it's one of the most important qualities in a person. Like You will always remember your grandmother because she was kind. My dad, I'll always remember his spontaneous acts of kindness. And of course, Other people do that. They now think, I could put money in that meter. I could, um, I saw someone one day who'd got a parking ticket on their car and I just just had the pain. I took out my pay and display and I shoved it under their parking ticket so that they could appeal up again. Well, here's the ticket. I've clearly paid (laughs) a little note on, hey, you can use this. And I put it inside the ticket and that cost me nothing, but it might save them 60 pounds,
1: which is always very useful. Lovely. I like that one. Actually, I haven't tried that one yet. I think a a question I was going to ask you, even though you have answered it, but maybe you you could tell me one more thing is I often say to people, you know, who are in relationships, you know, a lot of people ask you, what's the most romantic thing that they've done for you? And I think it's easy to do something that's romantic. But what I like to say is what's the kindest thing that your partner has ever done for you? Now you've given us one or two stories there about John. Uh, Perhaps you could give us maybe another one if you don't mind. Well,
0: it, when I was in this place in Croatia, saying this little, little kind of, it's like a little cottage and all these cats were turning up because I would feed them. And one day I heard him go to breakfast. I went, oh, darling, can you bring me back some ham for the cats? He's like, no, I'm not doing that. It's that it's not theft, because I don't have breakfast and that would just be my breakfast. And it's all paid for. Just bring me back some cold cuts for the cats. He went, no. And then I heard him about an hour later saying to these cats, don't fight. There's enough for everybody. (laughs) And he was sharing it all out. And I loved that because he was actually realizing that when you feed a stray animal, they give you more than you ever give them. But he's been kind to me in so many ways. When I was sick, he had to inject me in the stomach every day because I just couldn't do it. And he would always make me laugh. He's very funny. And he really was my rock. So... He's so kind all the time, it'd be hard to even describe his most amazing acts of kindness, because, you know, he's like a stick of rock. If you cut him in half, it would go all the way through him. But he's kind all the time. And I think we should always ask ourselves the question, is this person kind? Are they generous with their time? It's easy to be generous with money if you have it. Yeah. But I think if you ask yourself the right question, when you're employing somebody, you know, I employed a nanny once and she, she went to Auschwitz on a trip and she came back and she was talking about it like it was Disneyland. I thought, you know what, I have to fire this nanny. How can you come back from Auschwitz and describe it like you'd been to a theme park? Yeah. And I knew yeah. immediately I had to let her go because I, I couldn't even go there. I'd be so moved, but she was describing it in the most inappropriate way. When you're employing someone, marrying someone, dating yeah. someone, always stop and say, is this person kind? And do they have a generous nature? You know, I've had being a single parent. and I had quite a lot of all pairs, but the kind ones... They were, I had one who came for six months and stayed for six years. Oh, wow. And I'm still in touch with her, she was kind. And it's what people do when they don't have to do it. When they say, let, let me stay a bit longer, let me do something. You're having, you've got a headache, let me bring you up some tea and I found some Nurofen in the cupboard, which was not her job. Her job was just to look after my little girl. But you never forget people mm. who are kind. Like Maya Angelou said, people remember how you made them feel. And when you're kind, you make people feel good. But you also make them believe in humanity. And, you know, it's like that expression, don't ask for whom the bell tolls. If you care about humanity, it tolls for you.
1: That's a lovely one, actually.
0: There's so many lovely ones. I think there's so many wonderful things about being kind and... Yeah, just having someone's back, I think it's so important. And I think when we were talking before about how are you kind to yourself, one of the things I didn't say is me time, saying I'm going to take half an hour Mm -hmm. and have a bath or meditate or go for a walk, because taking me time again says I'm worth it. So I think I'm worth it. A really important words, it's words that we use, I'm going to buy that, it's like that... um, L'Oreal advert that said you're worth it, that made people spend money on a more expensive product. But I think if you can think I- I'm worth attention and love and kindness, and if I give it, I can also receive it mm. because everybody is worth attention and kindness. And I'm really grateful that you've come on here to show us that we're all worth it. But in order to receive it, instead of going out, going, who's going to make me feel worthy try giving it because you cannot give without receiving you can receive without giving but you can't give without receiving
1: absolutely i agree with you
0: so how can we find you how can we find your talks i'm going to go and watch them immediately and what you're up to and how can we join your amazing movement
1: um so yes so um i generally try and stay a little bit hidden myself but um you you can find the talks on YouTube. Um, I have a couple of them. I suppose the main TEDx one that I did was on why kindness matters. Uh, I think that you might enjoy. Um, and you can find me on, and obviously on Facebook mostly because that's where a big part of the movement blew up. Um, and yeah, just just uh, I'd love to hear from from anyone who's who's watched this interview or this podcast and. And just if if people have got anything to to say or pass on, that would be brilliant. I guess with suspended coffees right now, it's at a little bit of a standstill because of um, everything with COVID. A lot of cafes uh, kind of closed down and stuff. So I'm I'm maybe looking at at kind of bringing in another direction. Whether that's kind of doing possibly podcasts where I interview people about kindness. I'm not really sure. Uh, I have to try and get money together and to to understand that the best way to approach it all. So. I think um, it's another challenge, but look, it's it's all about having impact and, and trying to just inspire people to take action with kindness. And yeah. Well,
0: um, if, if John and I can help you in any way. We'd love to come on board so we can put you up on our website and we'd love to showcase you. You know, we, we last year, I think we raised some money for this guy in LA who's raising wolves, but using the wolves to help ex-prisoners connect. So Oh, wow. If we can help you in any way at all, I'd love to showcase you because I think you're an amazing man. You're very humble, but you're doing something amazing in the world, and you should be really. Pr- I'm very. I'm sure you are proud of yourself because we're all so proud of you. But what you're doing is really
1: amazing. I appreciate that, Marissa. You're very kind, and you're a very beautiful person. So it's been a pleasure. Oh, well,
0: you see, it takes one to know one because. You are very kind and beautiful. You've got such a beautiful soul. So do let me know how we can help you. You've told our audience how they can find you. Are you doing any funding to have people help you?
1: So no, no, I'm not. I'm not doing, I haven't done anything like that um, recently, but um, I, I might. i, I got to figure it out, I guess, Marissa. Um... Okay,
0: well, and again, I think because you give so much, you should ask people to help you. You know, you're really good at the, top part but there's nothing wrong with getting people below you to say hey this is how you fundraise and this is how you get someone to support you or fund you or promote you or sponsor you i think there must be so many who'd love to sponsor you because what you're doing is amazing but if my, my husband's a genius marketer so he can help you in any way reach out because he'd love to do that he was so excited when i was talking to you and i'll put you two together
1: ah great that's brilliant thank you marissa
0: Thank you so much, I could talk to you all day. Thank you so much for coming on. I know that people are gonna love your story and just hearing you, I'm sure is gonna help many of the audience think, I can crouch down and say to someone, how are you? Can I help you? Can I get you something? But giving their time is as important as giving their money, often more important. So thank you so much. My pleasure. Okay, hope to see you very soon. Take Thanks care. A see you later. Lots of love. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Master Your Mind with Marissa. I'm Marissa Peer, founder and creator of Rapid Transformational Therapy, known as RTT. RTT is my life's work and passion combined into a unique, and proven program for therapists to create powerful change with their clients. I feel blessed every day to see the transformations it brings and the ripple effect it's creating in the therapy world. To find out more, visit RTT.com.